Hi, this is Austin Anderson. I'm the lead pastor of Tacoa Church. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Tacoa Church exists to see people connect to God, to find and live out their purpose. I hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and draws you closer to God. Well, good morning, everyone. Um, if you're not used to seeing me up here, a uh, little bit of an introduction on myself. Um, I'm actually normally the one over here. I'm singing and kind of dancing around leading worship for everyone. And um, uh, I, you usually see me singing uh, with my wife as well. Uh, she's usually here with me singing. And um, that's we, we just love leading worship together. And then you'll also see our daughter, Corlene, running around here causing havoc and uh, uh, amongst other things here. And um, that's our family. And we call Tacoa Church our home and our family. Our best friends are here. Our future is here. And we just spend so much time thinking and praying about Tacoa Church. And so when I get this opportunity to preach to my family, it's a very special moment for me. So I just, I have been praying all morning that God has something to say through me and that it will come out and it will just touch the lives of people here. So I want to start off this morning with a kind of a funny story. Um, Corlene and I were at Walmart, and we were doing our normal uh, shopping here, and she sees this uh, stuffy. You can see the stuffy here. Um, and uh, she comes up to me, and she goes, Daddy, Daddy, this stuffy is sold out everywhere. Can you please get it for me? Please, please, please. This is, I want this stuffy so much, please. And at first, I'm like, no, no, you don't need to. You, you have a million. Anyone who knows her knows that she loves her stuffies, and she has way too many of them. And so I'm like, I don't need another one in this house. Um, but she just keeps asking and keeps asking, and I'm like, okay, fine. I caved. I know. I know. I d save your judgment, please. I know. I caved. I gave her the stuffy. I got it for her. And the rest of the day, she's just like, oh, thank you. I love you. I love you. Thank you so much. And it made me so happy that I'm just like, oh, I did, I did the thing that made her so happy and thankful, and she loves me for it. And, and then I kind of paused for a second, and I'm like, wait a second. I don't want her to love me and praise me just because I gave her what she wanted. I want her to love and praise me because I'm her parent, and I got her back and I'm protecting her, and we've grown a bond. And it got me thinking that sometimes that's how we approach Jesus. We go to him in prayer, and we're, we're asking, God, please give me this thing. Give me this new job. Give me this new car. Give me this raise, God. And sometimes he answers our prayer, and then we hang up the phone. We praise him. We thank you. We thank you, God. You gave, you gave me what I wanted. And then we hang up the phone. We end the conversation. And sometimes he doesn't give us what we're asking for. And then we just end the conversation. We hang up the phone. See, I want Corlene to love me because I'm a loving parent who's grown a bond with her. And Jesus wants us to love him and praise him because he is our loving parent. And he wants a bond with us. He, he doesn't want to be that one friend that you hit up whenever you need something. Does anyone have a friend like that? They, they, they only call you when they need something. It's the most annoying thing ever. <laughs> now picture, picture your, like, the way God must feel when we only pray to him when we need something. So this morning, we're going to talk about worship and prayer. And we're going to talk about approaching the throne and the way God intended us to approach the throne. And the title of this sermon this morning is Worship Boldly. Worship boldly. 
Now, we're called to be bold with our worship, not like the Walmart story when she was just like, I love you because you buy me things. Not like that. We're called to be bold in a very different way. And so we're going to look at some scripture real quick, and uh, we're going to see what the Bible says about going to the throne boldly. So we're going to find ourselves in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 through 16 this morning. 14. So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weakness, for he has faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it the most. Now, I love this passage, and there's actually, uh, just on the surface, there's like four sermons in this passage. Uh, Don't worry, we're only doing one. I'm not keeping you guys here four times longer. We're only doing one this morning. Um, But looking at verse 16, I've actually wrestled with this for like what seems like a month now. I've wrestled with this for a while, and I've wrestled what that term means, come boldly. What does that mean? And... Through through biblical context, we can clearly see that what they're talking about is worship and prayer here. And I I believe, especially as a worship leader, that worship and prayer are hand-in-hand with each other. And we actually have a church that is very strong with both. We have some amazing worshipers here, and we have some amazing prayer warriors here. We were just praying this morning, and I just felt the passion behind our prayer team. And... So as we move forward, we're going to look at, okay, we could see that come boldly to the throne means worship and prayer. So we're going to look at what that word boldly means. And, and church, I, I need you to work with me here, because as the pastor who's in charge of leading worship every week, if I can't convince you of uh, why we should worship boldly, I can probably just pack my things and go. <laughs> so I need you guys to work with me here a little bit. But um, before we go any farther, we're going to stop and we're going to define some things really quick. So we're going to define this word mercy. So mercy is defined as compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whose it's within one's power to punish or harm. Compassion or forgiveness. Grace. And and grace has a lot of different definitions. It's even a name. Um, But this biblical definition that they're talking about here is the state of kindness and favor towards someone, often with a focus of benefit given to the object. Kindness and favor. There's a very loud ringing. (laughs) And worship. Worship is defined as the feeling or expression of reverence or deep respect and adoration or deep love for a deity or God. So we have those things defined and out of the way. So we have a little bit of context on what we're talking about. And when we worship, there's a lot of ways that we should be worshiping. The most popular being musical worship. But you can also worship with your time, with your priorities, with your love, with your money, with your thoughts, with everything. You can worship with everything that you do. And it is all important. But the most popular of the worship is corporate worship, the four songs we do on a Sunday, three if you show up late. And a lot of us will just be like, okay, I did my four songs, three and a half, I'm good. I can go home, I can live my life, I can be good. 
But what I want to show you this morning is that there is so much more to worship than that. There is so much more. So being the millennial pastor that I am and someone who consumes far too much YouTube, uh, I want to um, try something out with you guys real quick. If any of you know the YouTuber Mr. Beast, he has this thing where he spoils the whole video right at the beginning. Uh, so I'm going to do that. I'm going to spoil this entire sermon right now, and uh, that way I can get you guys hooked. I'm going to show you how to worship boldly so that even when you're at your lowest, you can go to the throne and find peace and comfort. You can go to the throne and find peace and comfort. Are you guys hooked? You guys, I, I see you. I see you. There we go. There we go. See, when we worship boldly, we don't need to go to the throne in fear. We don't need to go with any shame. So let's get that out of the way right now. When we go to worship, when we go meet with God, we don't need to go in fear. We don't need to go with shame. When we go boldly to his throne, we can go trusting in his forgiveness. We can go trusting that he will provide the grace that we need when we need it the most. So church, I want to ask you something. What do you need today? What do you need today? See, for myself, with everything going on, with the price of food, the price of rent, the price of cars, the price of everything, I could use a little bit of comfort. I could use a little bit of comfort. When we look at all the conflicts between countries right now, you know what I'm talking about. Conflicts within our own country, with our political system, with everything. I could use a little bit of peace. We worship God for what he's already done and who he is. That's first and foremost. But the result? The result is peace. The result is comfort. The result is getting mercy that we do not deserve. In fact, we deserve quite the opposite. And getting grace to help us when we need it the most. That's what we're dealing with here today. We worship boldly, and our whole life changes. So going back to that question, what do you need this morning, church? What do you need this morning? So I brought with me a relic of the past. Some may say this is a fossil now. Anyone remember these? This original iPod with that scroll wheel, the tactile, but real buttons. Real buttons. Remember when iPads or iPods used to have real buttons? Now this iPod, this particular one, has a ton of music on it. So much music. But uh, I can't help but notice that there's no Dolby Atmos sound. There's no speakers on this thing. Um, luckily, Apple provides you with free headphones, at least they used to. And now we can take these headphones, we can plug them in, and now we have access to all this music inside of this iPod. And, you know, a lot of people when they, when they you know, especially when this iPod first came out, it was really expensive. So, you know, the fact that the headphones are free, that's good. And we can listen to the music and that'll work for a time. But uh, I want to show you something else here. These right here cost about $100, give or take. These are studio headphones. Oh, they are so much better than those Apple headphones. Who used the old Apple headphones, the free ones that came? I did. And then I got new headphones new speakers, and I heard what real audio sounds like, and I, I could never go back to those cheap little things. 
And then you, you, you kind of look at these speakers here. See this right here? It even has a separate subwoofer just for the bass. And now, now compare these little headphones here to something like this right here. Like that's, that's a big difference. That's a big difference. And so when you look at those free headphones we got, and then you experience real sound. You can get nice headphones. You can buy the AirPods Max that cost like a billion dollars. And once you hear that real audio, you start to hear those little details that the musicians and the producers put into the music that you couldn't hear on those free headphones. You start to hear the stereo imaging. It's like, oh, it pans left and right. You start to hear all that stuff. And that's something that you just couldn't hear with those free headphones that you got. And it's never, it's never perfect, but the better thing you have to listen to music, the more clearly you can hear it. Even with these giant speakers here, we have a big echoey room in here, and it's still hard to hear things clearly, even with these like crazy expensive speakers. And whether you like music or you don't, you're starting to see what I'm talking about here. Some of us have learned that we can, we can praise God with our, with our arms crossed, looking at the ceiling, bored, not singing along. And I'm going to ask a bold question here. Does that seem bold to you? Does that seem like worshiping boldly to you? See, you, you might think like, it's okay, I'm worshiping God in my heart. And he sees that. And you're right. But what God also sees in your heart is the reason why you seem bored during worship. The reason why you won't cross your, you're crossing your arms and you won't lift your hands. The reason why you won't sing. He sees the reason for that. And that reason, that's not giving glory to God. Now, God gave us these nice, nice speakers here. Literally, he, he, if, it, if God didn't want us to have these speakers, we wouldn't have them. They're not cheap. They're expensive. But God gave us them because he wants us to use it. And when you start to upgrade your music what you use to listen to music, you start to be able to hear the little details that the music producer and the musicians put into the music. And when you worship boldly, when you move on from this, the free headphones and you start to worship boldly, you can hear the little details that God puts on your life that you could not hear with those free headphones. You start to hear those little details. So I want to go back to this verse because I love this verse. We're going to read it multiple times this morning, but I want to go back and dissect it a little bit here. So verse 14. So then we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weakness, for he has faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. That's 14 and 15. And that explains why we worship. We worship God for who he is. That's first and foremost. And church, who God is, who Jesus is, is amazing. And I, I don't think we stop and think about that enough, myself included. I'm not perfect. We don't often stop and just think about just how great our God is. I love that song we did this morning, There's Nothing That Our God Can't Do. It's just a, such a good reminder that no matter what we're facing, God's already won, and that's why we worship. So going back to the scripture here, verse 16. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. That's the instruction. That's what we need to do. 
14 and 15 is why we worship. 16 is how we worship. And so the second half of 16 there, there we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it the most. And church, that's the result. We find mercy, we find grace. That's why I love this passage so much. There's so much packed into that, that three verses there. It's you get why we worship, you get how to worship, and you get the result. The result is mercy and grace. And that's us getting what we, what we need even when we don't deserve it. That's God accepting us back even when we curse his name and sin. That's unconditional love and a father who will always welcome us back home. Unconditional love is only something you can get from the father. He always welcomes us back. Okay, I've, I've talked a lot about that we need to worship boldly and why that's important. So let's, let's, let's dive into a little bit on how to worship boldly. Because you might be sitting there thinking, well, I, I get it, but I don't know how. So let, let's look. Let's look. So we're going to have five points here on some biblical ways that we can worship boldly. The first point being, worship is centered on God. That's first and foremost. True worship is not about us. It's about God. We worship God for who he is and what he's done, rather than what we can get out of it. And I've said that a few times this morning. I'm going to say it a few more times because it's important. We worship God for who he is. We are, let's look at... Um, some scripture here in John chapter 4 verse 23 Jesus says but the time is coming indeed it is here now when true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and in truth the father is looking for those who will worship him in that way for God is spirit so those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth see it's not about the music it's not about the skill it's about God. It's not about how great the band is this morning. It's not about how great it sounds. It's about God. And when we start to understand that, we start to understand that worship isn't about us. It's about God. Then we can start to feel the result of that peace and comfort. So the second point this morning is worship is a response to God's mercy and grace. Now, let's go over to Romans really quick. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Because of God's mercy, we worship. And have you ever wondered why we lift our hands? Have you ever wondered why we bow down? It's a response. We lift our hands as a sign of surrender. We bow down as a sign of respect and surrender. And this is part of presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice. There's a lot to that, but that's part of it. Part of worshiping boldly is using our bodies and lifting our hands to worship our God. And in that moment, you can start to find that peace and comfort. And the, the next point is worship involves our whole being. Worship involves our whole being. See, true worship is not just something we do on Sundays. Although, trust me, I love that part. Arguably one of my favorite parts. I do it for a living. <laughs> but it's a lifestyle that involves our whole being. Our thoughts, our words, our actions, our attitudes. 
we should be we should be conforming our life to a life of worship. We're going to go uh, continue in Romans here. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Paul says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. We shouldn't be conformed to this world. We should be conformed to a life of worship. Uh, there's a song that Bethel released not too long ago that I absolutely love, and it's called Let My Life Be Worshipped to You. So here's part of the song. I'm going to read it to you. So let my life be worshipped, and let my heart stay true. May my love never grow cold. May it burn forevermore. May my life be worshipped to you in blessing and sorrow in the ordinary. Whatever the cost, you are always worthy. My heart's cry and my whole life is for your glory. You have my attention. So there's a, it's a, there's a funny side story I'm going to share about that song. Uh, we, uh, we have staff meetings on Tuesdays. And uh, oftentimes we worship during our staff meeting. And so Austin asked me to lead worship because he never wants to lead worship for some reason. I don't know why, but he asked me to do it, I guess. And uh, I was on the way, and I hear this song because they just released that song that day. And I listen to the song, and I'm like, I'm like almost crying in my car listening to the song because it's so beautiful. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to play the song I was going to play. I'm going to play this song. And I like to think I'm actually a pretty good musician. I'm not the best by any means, but I think I'm pretty good. But uh, it turns out I'm not good enough to play a song after hearing it one time by memory. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not that good. <laughs> so I get to the staff meeting, and I start playing this. And I'm like, I hype everyone up. I'm like, I heard this song on the way, and it's just so beautiful, and I want to play it for you guys. And I start playing, and I butcher the song. Like, it, it sounds bad. Like, by all worldly standards, this music is bad. I, I can't remember half of the lyrics. I keep losing the melodies, so I don't know, like, what I'm singing. And so I did, like, a quick Google search to get the lyrics on my iPad real quick, and I was, like, staring at it, trying to play it. Uh, it was bad. But here's the thing. That didn't stop us from worshiping. And more importantly, that didn't stop God from responding. See, that was bad. <laughs> And God responded just the same way he did if I nailed that song perfectly. See, I'm a worship leader. That's, that's what I do. But I'm not perfect. Like, I screwed that up. And God still responded. So when you're here on a Sunday morning and you don't know any of the words to a song or you think you're not a great singer, guess what? God doesn't care. The band sounds good because we've been practicing and we're all professional musicians. This is what we do. And you might be coming in thinking like, I don't know the words, I don't like my voice, I don't know, this is weird, I don't like this. That's fine. God doesn't care. Because in our staff meeting, when I worldly messed up that song, God still moved. And if he did it for me, he'll do it for you. And uh, another, the next point here is worship is a weapon. Worship is a weapon. Second Chronicles uh, 20 and 21. You can get that on the screen. It says, I don't see it. I'll read it to you. That's okay. Second Chronicles 20, 21 says, After consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing the Lord's praise for his holy splendor. 
This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. Anyone who's been in the church for a little while knows, knows that one song. Uh, it's a very old song. I see, I see, I think Fred popped his head up. He knows, he knows what's up. But you know where that happened? You know where God told the king to put the singers in front? That happened in the city of Tekoa. This is like one of the founding points, principles that this church was built off of, is putting worship at the front. And so we can apply that to our lives today by putting worship in front of our anxiety, by putting worship in front of our fear, by putting worship in front of our panic attacks, because we know that God provided this amazing weapon for us to use in our lives. And God is stronger than any stronghold. God is stronger than any fear that we have. He is brighter than any darkness. So if we take this worship and we put it at the front of our lives, there's nothing that we can't do. God will be with us through everything. Um, this past week, we were at an uh, event with our staff. Our staff got invited to somewhere. And we're standing there and we're, we're worshiping. It was a church event, we're, we're, so you know, that's why we were worshiping. We weren't just worshiping in the middle of a lunch or something. But I'm standing there, and I'm worshiping, and I'm like, God, th- life is kind of a struggle right now. See, over the past couple weeks, um, preparing for this message, I've just felt like I've had so much more spiritual attack lately. I've felt like the enemy has just been getting at me. Everything I do normally just seems harder than it normally is. And I'm just sitting there in worship, and I'm like, God, I want to worship you, but I, I honestly, I don't feel it right now. God, it's been so hard lately. And it went from talking to asking God, like, please make it better. Please be with me in this. I know you can do it, and I know that there's a reason, and maybe the enemy is trying to attack me because I'm onto something. I don't know what it is, but God, it, it's hard. Be with me. And you know what happened? I've never experienced this before. I felt a physical hug. The Holy Spirit came in, and I felt the warm embrace hug that I would only feel by getting a hug by my favorite person in the world. That's what it felt like. And then God spoke to me and said, I got you. Sorry, I get emotional with this part <laughs> because then I look next to me to my right and I'm standing next to my wife and she's worshiping. And I'm standing there worshiping, literally being hugged by the Holy Spirit and God's telling me, I got you. And I realize that I don't want to be anywhere else than right there in that moment. Because I went through some of the, like a very hard couple weeks. I've been through harder, but that was, that was up there. And then I just come to the throne, and I say, God, this is so hard. Why is this so hard? And he just says, I got you, and gave me a hug. And I look to my right. I see my wife, and I'm like, there is nowhere I'd rather be than at the throne right now. And that, that wasn't even originally in my, in my notes or anything. That just happened last Wednesday. And, and the thing is, is that's... That's the type of weapon that worship can be because as soon as that point happened, all the fear, all the stress, everything was gone. I felt renewed. 
I'm like, I got like a new lease. I just felt so different after that. That is what peace and comfort is. That is an example that God gave me just in the past week. Maybe just so I could share it to you guys to make you understand the type of peace and comfort that comes when we worship boldly. So I'm going to move on to my last point here, and, and that is worship is humble. And yes, I get, I get it. That doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. In order to be bold, we have to be humble. Those are two different things. Let me explain why it makes sense. In order to worship boldly, we have to take the step and humble ourselves. And that's a bold thing to do because I don't know if you remember the last time Americans bowed to an actual king. It didn't go well for that king. Americans don't like surrender. We don't like bowing. That's a hard thing to do is to humble yourself. But worship is humble. So in order to worship boldly, we need to humble ourselves as we go to the throne. Now, um, a little bit of context on what it means to be humble. I'm going to throw, I'm going to drop down probably the greatest example of being humble here. Philippians 2 verse 5 says, you must have the same attitude that Jesus Christ had. First off, that's a high bar to set. (laughs) I don't know if you ever tried to have Jesus Christ's attitude in every situation of life, but that is not easy. Um, Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in the obedience of God and died a criminal's death on the cross. This this dude was literally a god, and he gave it up. He humbled himself because he knew that God had a mission for him. And I just want to point The greatest example of being humble is also the greatest example of worship. Look at the cross. Jesus died on the cross. He knew it was God's will. His mission was centered on God. If you remember, that was the first point. His mission was centered on God. And Jesus' response was obedience. Jesus ended his human life and suffered for all of us. And that right there is worshiping with your whole being. Because of the cross, we are saved. And that ultimate sacrifice is our weapon to live in freedom. It's our weapon to know that we we don't have to be bound by the sin of this world and, and get what we deserve, but we get mercy and grace. And then Jesus humbled himself and obeyed his father and paid the ultimate sacrifice, the greatest example of worship of all time. That's our bar. It's a high bar. And you can see every point we went over this morning, he did in one example. Now, I hope you guys can see and understand that worship is so much more than four songs on a Sunday. It's so much more. We worship God with our whole life because of that example. See, 
God has sent his son to be beaten, stabbed, tortured, and then die on a cross. He knows what our loss feels like. Jesus lost his friend, and he wept. The shortest Bible verse of all time, and Austin's favorite, Jesus wept. He lost his friend, and he wept with, his, with the family of the friend. He knows what our pain feels like. Jesus was tempted time and time again by the enemy. He knows what our temptation feels like. Then he died on a cross, a horrible, painful death. He knows what our suffering feels like. Yet through all that, he never sinned. And because he never sinned, he was able to take all of our sins. And now we get to spend eternity with him. That is the greatest gift of all time. And that is why we worship. That is why we worship church. That right there. And I, I need to point this out. If you notice, the ultimate act of worship was probably one of the worst physical things a human could go through on earth. And I just want to point out that that means that just because we worship boldly, that doesn't mean that we won't suffer. That doesn't mean that we are just exempt of all pain. What that means is that our worship is not conditional on what God is going to do for us, but our worship is earned because of what he's already done. Our worship was earned before we were even born. And we owe Jesus everything. And we did right from the start. I want to I wanna just highlight that point one more time. Our worship is not conditional on what God will do for us, but what he's already done. That's an important part that sometimes we forget. Sometimes we don't want to lift our hands. Sometimes we don't want to bow down because we feel like God hasn't moved. But something to remember is maybe God hasn't moved because you've never approached the throne with boldness. Some of you might be wondering, why, why doesn't God move like that for me? Why doesn't he show up for me? When's the last time you've worshipped and you dropped to your knees and lifted your arms and worshipped God the way he intended with boldness? Now, when I was prepping uh, for this message, God led me to this translation of the same passage that we've read a few times now, but it's a different translation, and it just sums up this whole sermon so beautifully. And this translation is, now, now that we know what we have, Jesus, this great high priest with ready access to God, let's not let it slip through our fingers. We don't have a high priest who's out of touch with our reality. He's been through weakness. He's been through testing. He's experienced it all, all but the sin. So let's walk up to him and get what he is so ready to give. Take the mercy, accept the help. That ends so beautifully. Take the mercy, accept the help. Now I'm going to invite the band up as I wrap up here. 
but I, I want to talk about this take the mercy and accept the help for a second because it's not an easy thing to do. Me, I'm a doer, I'm a giver. I don't like accepting help from others. I'm the one who wants to help others, but sometimes we just need to be taken back and accept the help. And some of you might have never put yourself in a situation to accept God's help before or even put your trust in him. And some of you might be thinking right now, how do I get access to this? How do I, how do I spend eternity with him? And so I just want to take a moment and tell you about the good news that we all have access to this mercy and this grace and this peace and comfort. We all have access to it. Some of us have just never surrendered our lives to him. So I want to take a moment and just lead us all in a prayer. And if you want to dedicate your life or even rededicate your life or just reaffirm what you've already done, I want you to pray this prayer with me. You can pray it in your head. You don't have to pray it out loud. It's okay. Jesus, I give you my life. Forgive me of my sins. Make me brand new. Jesus, I surrender everything to you. Fill me with your spirit so I can follow you every day of my life. My life is not my own. I give it to you. My life is not my own. I give it to you. Thank you for new life. Thank you for taking mine. Jesus, amen. If you prayed that prayer with me, and if you took a step of faith and boldness by praying that, tell one of us about it. Austin, me, Lauren, someone else you know here, anyone, tell us about it. Because that is a cause for celebration. That isn't a cause, that's a cause for encouragement and support. We can walk with you with this new life that you found. And we worship God, not for what he will do, but because of what he's already done. And some of you just don't know what you're missing out on. You're, you're, you're stuck with these, these free headphones here, these terrible free headphones. And you can't hear the little details that musicians and producers have put on your life. I don't want to use these anymore. I want to get rid of these and never go back. I want to use these headphones here or the speakers because I want to hear those little details that the musicians and the producers put in the tracks and I want to hear the little details that God is speaking over my life because if I'm stuck using those free headphones I can't hear that I want to know what God is speaking over my life I want to find the mercy and accept the help when I'm at a conference or a worship night, or some evening church, and I'm just worshiping. Church, I've had amazing things happen. I've had confusion disappear. I've had really hard life choices become crystal clear. I've had forgiveness. I've had healing. I've had relief. And that's all at the throne. I've even worshiped in my living room with headphones and God showed up, and God moved. This is the type of worship that we're talking about, the type of worship that allows you to meet with God, the type of worship that speaks prophecy over your life, the type of worship that can take you from your lowest point and bring you up when nothing else can. 
That's what I'm here to tell you about. And I'm here to tell you that it's worth it. I'm here to tell you that it's worth it. We have some amazing worshipers here. The type who aren't afraid to lift their arms. So if you feel called to lift your arms, you don't have to be embarrassed. It's okay. Everyone else is doing it too. You're not alone. We have a lead pastor who often drops to his knees in worship. I've done it on stage. If you feel like dropping to your knees, it's okay. You're not alone. This is not a church where we'll look at you and be like, mm, this is weird. No, we're a church that will see you praising and we'll join with you. We'll praise with you. We'll walk with you. Because we are a church that is striving to be more like Jesus. And guess what? Jesus is always walking with you. He's always with you. And when you go to the throne boldly in worship, you meet Jesus. And Jesus is amazing. And he comes with two main things, peace and comfort. And that's how we can get it. Now that we understand that we need to go to the throne boldly and, and we understand how to do it, what are we going to do about it? We have all this information. What are we going to do about it? And we have the chance right now. We have an amazing band here, and we're, we we're going to respond and worship here. But I just want to point out that we can worship in any context. We can worship with a band together. We can worship at home. We can worship with our lives. It's not about the band. It's not about us. It's about God. And we worship God for what he's already done. We worship God for what he's doing, and we worship God for what he will do. That right there is the true heart of worship. It's not about the music. It's not about the song. It's about Jesus. So as we go into this time of response and worship, I'm going to be up here on my knees, worshiping boldly the way God has called me to do. And I want to invite everyone in this room to do the same. There's a lot of space up here. I want to invite everyone in this room to come up for this third song and worship boldly the way God has intended. And you know what? If I'm the only one who's up here on my knees bowing down and surrender, so be it. But I am willing to bet that I'm not. This is a church of courageous worshipers. That's my prayer for the year, that our church is a church of courageous worshipers. And I bet I'm not the only one who wants to surrender and come to the throne boldly this morning. So I want to invite everyone who wants to, to come up. Maybe bold worship for you looks a little different. Maybe you want to stay in the aisle or there. You're not ready to make that step yet, and that's okay. Because those free headphones will work for a time. But I want to challenge you moving forward to experience bold, true worship. Thank you for joining us on the Tekoa Church podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you just received and let God do the work only he can do. We hope it helped you wherever you are at in your faith journey. We want to connect with you if you're going through something difficult or looking to be a part of our church community. Fill out the Tekoa card on our connect page, tekoachurch.org slash connect. While there, you can also see the most up-to-date information in the life of our church. A special thank you to those of you who give to Tekoa. Your sacrifice makes this podcast and our Sunday gatherings possible, as well as creates life change throughout the world. You can be a part of this by going to tekoachurch.org giving. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. 
Until next time, blessings.